Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. We got a special show today with Justin Silverio from Open Letter Marketing. And we're going to be talking all things direct mail. And uh, Justin is doing a lot of deals as well right now. So we're going to be talking about marketing that's working today. And uh, first, I want to thank you guys who have been leaving reviews in iTunes. I really appreciate it. I'm going to read two of them real quick. This is from Mabby. 1385. Awesome podcast. Great value. Five stars. I love it. This is uh, from Chasing Riley Day, one of the best and active podcasts out there. I'm glad she noticed, or it's a guy, I don't know. I'm glad they noticed that it's a podcast that we're continually actively updating, which is awesome. I got a five stars. It says, I've been listening for Joe for several to Joe for several years and is a staple to knowledge in my real estate investing career. So much content and knowledge. Everyone will learn a wealth of information just by plugging into it. I love it. And well, one more. This is from Deej Zero, one of the best five stars. This podcast is one of the best real estate podcasts out there. Joe strikes just the right balance of tough love by telling you to stop making excuses and get off your butt. Mixed with positive encouragement and constantly reminding you that you can be successful as a real estate investor if you're willing to work for it. So thanks for the review, guys. I really appreciate it. If you're listening to this show on iTunes, leave us a review there. If you're listening to us maybe on Spotify or Google Play or whatever, we appreciate you leaving the reviews. Um, And also you can get previous episodes, show notes, et cetera, at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. And one more thing before we get on to Justin, a lot of you guys, if you're not doing direct mail, you should really consider doing direct mail, even though we teach a lot of different marketing strategies, direct mail has always been my favorite because it just consistently works and you can specifically target certain types of homes and homeowners. But a lot of you guys, you're maybe new to the business and you've not done any deals before and you want to learn the best way to wholesale deals. I created a free course and I put it all in a mind map with a bunch of videos all the videos are transcribed. You get the mind map, and in the mind map, I have the contracts, the scripts, the calculators, the checklists, and all of that good stuff at flipmindmap.com. Flipmindmap.com. You can also get it by texting the word flip 313131. Again, text the word flip to 313131. Okay, cool. Enough of the intro. Justin from Boston, Massachusetts. How are you, Justin? I'm doing well. How are you, Joe? Excellent. So your last name is Silverio, right? Justin Silverio. Yeah, that is correct. That's a very uh, New England East Coast last name, is it not? <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. That's cool. I love Boston. You know, I've been there once or twice, I think. And the last time I was there, I was only there for a few days. <laughs> it's a long story. I was there. No, I, I, I'll tell you another time. So give us a little background on you, Justin. What do you what do you do? Yeah, sure. So the last eight years, I've been investing in real estate, starting with kind of your uh, entry level uh, rehabs. And since then, working all the way up to kind of high end development, condo conversions, right in the heart of Boston. Uh, In addition, I also have a direct mail company, as you mentioned, Open Letter Marketing, where we cater specifically to the real estate investment community 
and uh, send out and help them create uh, direct mail campaigns all over the country. Nice. And you have very unique mail. We'll talk about that in a minute. Talk about, Justin, how you got started in real estate. What got you interested in it? Uh, You know, growing up, uh, my father was a general contractor, and I always really liked what he did, creating a really nice house and remodeling. That always kind of inspired me. I was a little bit, I guess, artistic back then and thought what he did was very artistic in, in a way and wanted to get into it somehow. Fast forward, I actually was in account, my accounting profession, um, working at a private equity shop and saw HGTV and all the flipping shows. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of a cool way to get into what I always wanted to do with doing something with construction but not getting my hands as dirty. So I just kind of asked my father, hey, could we start something? I know the numbers really well. You know the construction. Let's uh, start a partnership and start seeing if we can uh, flip some houses and, and make some money. Nice. And um, take it from there. What year was that? That was uh, 2006. So I bought my first property, I think, two months after my daughter was born. Great timing. <laughs> and do you still own it? No, no. Okay. Uh, Everything that I've done for the first five years was pretty much uh, renovation. So just buy, renovate, sell. Nice. So if you don't mind me asking, how did you survive the crash? Or did you? So (laughs) I'm sorry. Let me back up. Not 2006, 2011. I don't know why 2006 Uh, was stuck in my head. 2011. So it was was after the crash. Okay. Well, that's better. So I did not go through that, thankfully. You know, I remember 2011 and a lot of people were – Worried even then about the market, wondering what it's going to do, where it's going to go, and is it going to go any further? And there's very few buyers out there, but you are still fixing and flipping houses and selling them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. in two, yeah, in 2011. Yeah. So I was basically at the, uh, I started out kind of an entry-level homes, not as much risk. The house price points here, I mean, compared to other places around the country, they might just think this is very high, but purchasing around 150 200,000 renovating and then selling around 3 400,000. That's kind of entry level home stock around here. So I know there was always a need for that and especially getting it for under market was uh, very important for me obviously to make the numbers work and being extremely conservative in my numbers. So when I started out making sure that any project that I took on was kind of a home run with the numbers because I knew there would be mistakes as I went through it and uh, wanted to make sure that my profit could absorb the mistakes until I felt more comfortable on the deals. Okay. Hey, I got to ask you something too. I forgot to ask you this as we were coming in. You're a baseball fan? You know, not a huge sports fan, to be quite oh. honest. I'll be very honest. I might right. be one of the only only people here that's not a huge sports fan considering how well we are in sports. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll go to some games and all that, but I don't, I don't follow it as religiously as most, a lot of other people. Well, your um, Boston Red Sox have the best record in the major leagues right now. Yes. And yep. I was going to ask you, how does it feel to be at 11, 11 and a half games up in front of the New York Yankees, <laughs> which is amazing, right? Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. Now, you never know with the wild card things could change. You could, it looks like you would be playing the Yankees if they won the wild card in the first Mm -hmm. round of the playoffs. 
because you have the best record in the American League. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Love <laughs> baseball. My Cardinals are clinging on for dear life to the wild card, and it doesn't look very good right now, but – yeah. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> anyway, so let's talk about direct mail because you contacted me a while ago and we started talking a yes. little bit and we were talking about the deals that I'm working on in Alabama and Mississippi. And so we decided to test some of your mail and it actually worked really, really well. We didn't get any deal right away. But we got, oh, I don't remember the number of leads that we got. It was about one and a half, two percent, I believe. Then we, it was about 35 leads. How many letters did we send? Was it 2000? I believe it was 2000. That's right. So what's that? Let me get my calculator. Let's say it was 33 leads divided by 2000. Yeah. So about 1.7%. But one of the things we do though, and one of the reasons why we do so many deals is because we are relentless with our follow-up. And so of those 32, 33 leads, we had four or five really good potentials. When I say potentials, they were like, yeah, we're not interested right now. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. But we followed up with them. Some of them every day, some of them every week, you know, over the next one and a half. So about five or six weeks, yep. we got th- uh, one property that we are going to wholesale and make about a, th- I'm going off of memory here, but about a twelve or $13,000 net profit mm-hmm. on that deal. And we've got two more that have said they want to sell. We're just negotiating kind of last minute, the price and stuff like that. Kind of what we're doing is they, we know what their number is and we're trying to see if we can get a buyer that yep. where we can still make a, a good profit. It's funny how in this market, we were going from hoping to get five grand on each deal um, now, not taking it anything less than ten thousand dollar wholesale profit, yeah, and trying to get fifteen or twenty. So, but anyway, these this marketing works, and it's a different, unique product. Talk a little bit about why what you're doing is unique. Yeah, and I'm uh, happy to hear the success that you've been having, and we see that a lot with a, a lot of our customers. What we do differently is we take a different approach to direct mail. Most of the so I've done direct mail for, since I started uh, real estate investing. And over the years, what I've found is that most everyone is sending the same mail, right? You see a lot of yellow letters that people are sending out. And with marketing, you ask yourself, you get to a point you ask yourself, what's going to separate myself from everybody else that's going to be sending these mailers? And especially now in this competitive market, there's a lot more people sending direct mail. So if one person gets, you know, 10, 20 letters, what's going to separate you from somebody else if you're sending the same type of mail? Really nothing. So we take a different approach where we create our own in-house envelopes. They're very creative styles. So they really stand out when somebody picks up the mail and makes them want to open it. Even our letters, we do many different things that make it really stand out and get the people to remember who you are. So yeah. it's not only important for them to pick it out of the pile and open it, but it's also important for them to remember you. And that's a big thing because a lot of the people that we reach out to, it's situational. So you might send a direct mail piece to them one day and they might not be interested at that day, but maybe a month or a couple of weeks down the line, they are interested. We want our customers to be the people that they remember and they call back first. So we kind of took that approach and molded a 
mailers that are completely different than other people are sending to, in fact, do what I just uh, mentioned. Yeah. So if you're, we can give people your website. Is that all right? Absolutely. Yes. Op- openlettermarketing.com, openlettermarketing.com. And you use some decorative envelopes and decorative mm-hmm. postcards. They look very personal, almost like a real invitation. And they definitely stand out. I know the uh, direct mail rates are going down, but these were some of the higher open rates that we've seen in a while. And um, they're really good. Now, you have multi-touch campaigns, handwritten letters, professional letters, trifold flyers, postcards, and IP marketing. I want to talk about each of these. Uh, But first, handwritten letters versus professional letters. Is there one that works better than the other, or do you recommend just mixing it up? I recommend mixing it up. So you mentioned campaigns. I think that's one of the biggest products that we offer that a lot of other companies don't. And the reason why we have direct mail campaigns and we do use a mix of handwritten letters and professional letters, really, someone can create a campaign using any of our products in any single sequence. So they set it up once and it's automated for them for the next three to six months. That's a huge component, especially when you're doing deals and when you're doing a lot of wholesales, rehabs, a lot of investors. And I took this approach from what are my pain points when I do direct mail? Okay, when there's a point that I have a lot of deals on my plate, marketing is tough to get to. So we took that approach and looked, we know other people are having this issue. So let's create a campaign so they don't have to think about sending out or creating new campaigns or mailers every single month. They set it up with us one time. We automate it for them. We share a Google spreadsheet with them. So if they have people that say, take me off your list, they'll go in easily, remove them from the list. So the next time we send out a mailing, we don't hit them again. And it's important to cycle through the handwritten letters versus the professional letters to answer your question. Different people will respond to the different messages. But traditionally, the way that I like to set up the campaign is I start off with the handwritten letter and then move on to the professional letters. And the reason I do that is because with any of the campaigns, you never want to send the same letter and you always want to build a conversation with the seller. So the handwritten letters, you don't have as much information on the message. So it might just say, hi, my name is Justin, interested in buying your property at 123 Main Street, give me a call, right? Mm -hmm. That might be the first touch. So you're going to get higher response rate, but the quality of callers will be lower because they're really not sure what you do, who you are, any of that. But as you go through your campaign, you layer in and add a little bit more information on how you can help what your company does until you get to the professional letters where you have the ability to have more white space to add in more information. And at that point in time in your campaign, you've screened out a lot of the people that are more questionable or tire kickers. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we find that our response rate is lower with professional letters. However, the quality of the callers is a little bit better because they've already read all of our messages and now are calling back and have a better idea of what we do. Okay, good. Yeah. Talk about trifold brochures then. What are those? Yeah. Trifold flyers is basically a parchment style piece of paper, a thicker stock, and it's just trifolded with a nice thank you with a heart label on the back to hold it together no envelope, anything like that. So it's kind of a hybrid between a postcard and a letter, as Mm -hmm. well as the cost is right in between. And it's just another unique 
way to get a hold of the seller. We were the first ones to do the trifold flyers and to really push that out and to create a new mailer. So we're always trying to think outside of the box and figure out what's going to catch someone's attention, what's a little bit different, and try different spins on on mail pieces. Okay. Let me ask you something about the mail. Do you print it yourself or do you partner with a local printing company to do it for you? Everything is done in-house. Okay. Everything is done in-house. Yep. Now you've got postcards. Is there a particular postcard that you like the best of what you do? Yeah. I mean, some of the postcards that we do, we do have a, a number of them, I think six or seven of them on our website. And we have a couple of really nice handwritten ones as, as well as some nice professional ones. But I would say the, the uniqueness to what we have, we have background images that you can also opt purchase. And there's like a sunset or a um, blue houses postcard. Those give it a nice additional touch to stand out from the other postcards. So we've seen definitely higher response rates with the, the blue houses and the messaging that we have there. When I started with open letter marketing, I did a huge uh, campaign to see how we compared to kind of the status quo of direct mail. So before I started, I compared yellow letters versus my the mailers that we offer. And what I found is that the response rate increased 26.7% over yellow letters. So that's when I knew that it really was a valuable mail pieces that we were pushing out. And we always want to make sure that we have that much better response rate than the kind of status quo. And I'm always testing new products, even in my own real estate investment company before we start offering it on open letter marketing. Good, good. Okay. And um, people can also buy lists from you here. But before we get to the other things that you do, I wanted to ask you guys about, well, what do you, what have you found, Justin, to be the, the best? Like if somebody only had a few thousand bucks and they wanted to send some marketing, they wanted to send, send some direct mail, what would you recommend? Postcards, trifold mm-hmm. flyers, professional letters, handwritten letters? It's It's a tough question to answer, and here's why. Because different markets and competition will change my approach. If they're in a very competitive market, then I would say use letters and trifold flyers. Um, if they're not in an incredibly competitive market, then I would say you, you might be able to get away with postcards. The real approach to direct mail, if you ask me, is to test and to make sure that you track everything yeah. to identify what is working and what isn't. And I see that kind of struggle with a lot of people that they're not really tracking the information. And I think that's one of the most critical things other than uh, obviously follow-up. Like you mentioned, you get a lot of your deals from follow-up. That's that's crucial. But also tracking your marketing to find out what's working and what your return on investment and, and why it's working is, I think, really important because uh, some of my customers, they'll test and they say, well, my the letters that I send out are really getting the same response rate as my postcards. And po- I tell them, then keep using postcards. There's no reason to spend on the 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 letters um, and vice versa. Some people say postcards just don't work for me, which is the case for me. Postcards don't work in my market. Letters do. So I won't use postcards. You got to track your numbers, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to track your numbers. Cool. Let's talk about IP marketing. You have that here on your website. Mm-hmm. 
what is IP marketing? IP marketing is essentially a way to market digitally to your your sellers. So when you provide us with a list of uh, seller's name, uh, prospect's name and address, we can actually put that through an IP mapping system to identify their IP address of their computer at their house. Okay. So once we have that IP address, we can start then marketing to them with banner ads online. So a lot of people do this IP marketing as a layer on to direct mail. So typically we do this, we send IP marketing and hit them with banner ads a week or two before we actually drop their direct mail and then continue to send them IP marketing two weeks after they get to receive their direct mail. Okay. So they'll see it both in the mail, their mailbox and online. And anytime you can layer different marketing channels onto each other, the higher likelihood that they'll give you a call back because you're, they're seeing you so many times. And that's what really marketing is about, is being very consistent with whatever you do, because the more times they see you, the higher the likelihood they'll give you a call back. Okay. Do you have any stats, or is there a way to show how effective these ads have been? So the way that some of my customers do it is um, generally about 60% of the their list can be pulled in correctly mapped to IP addresses and 40% uh, will probably not be mapped because maybe the people are older, they don't have computers and there's a bunch of other reasons. But so you have 60, 40 split. Some of my customers will actually track what is the response rate on the people that actually did receive the IP marketing and some, and what is the response rate of the people that did not. While we do have some of that information, it's not consistent throughout for everyone. But the feedback that I've been receiving from our customers that have done the IP marketing is that they were getting deals off the IP marketing. Specifically, they know that because of the way that the banner ad pushed the person into their website and their web page and filled out a form and then a deal actually transpired from that. Okay, so how accurate is IP address mapping? Because while we were talking, I just went to Google. I got my IP address and I had it, uh, I don't know how, but find my address of where it thinks I am based on that IP address. And it's way off. It's in the same city. Mm -hmm. So how accurate is it? Or maybe I'm doing it wrong here. I'm not looking at it right. Uh, the, so the company that we use, they say that it, it, should, it will be 90% more confident in order for them to identify it at the IP address. Okay. Have you tested it with your own address? You know, I, I actually haven't tested it with my own address, okay. but I've, so this company has been around for many, many years and they do a lot of, um, IP marketing has been around for a while, just in different, uh, industries. And a lot of them are, uh, they do for, uh, politics. So a lot of politicians push out banner ads for specific demographics and specific areas based on kind of what they, their political views. So they've been doing this for many years, so they've been able to kind of build their database of what's working and their confidence levels to make sure that they're accurate. Interesting. Mm -hmm. if some people might be concerned about hearing <laughs> that it if, is, they, if, yeah. if you know their address, they can 
put a banner ad in front of you. Yeah. Should they be concerned about that? Is it not a big deal? I mean, from no, I, it, you can get most of this information that you can get is from with IP marketing. The only thing that you're finding is their IP address. There's nothing else that we do with that information. I mean, with direct mail, you're getting the physical address of the, where the person lives. But still, just what you can do now with technology is pretty incredible. And don't get me wrong. When I first heard about IP marketing, I was like, man, this is this is just crazy stuff. Um, it's a, it was a little bit scary, but it's just another way to target someone. And really, from the prospect's perspective, they don't know that you're really targeting them. Um, they just maybe see the banner ad that it's kind of showing up. It's funny. I looked at my address and it's a 23 minute drive from where I am, but it's a real nice neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real nice neighborhood. Um, not as nice as mine, but it's fascinating and I'd be curious to see how it works, but you got to do it with a combination of with direct mail, right? Absolutely. Yes. I would say that for all of the uh, the marketing channels that we offer, direct mail is always the base because that's always physically going to get to the person or to their address. Um, and then layering on either digital marketing, PPC, anything like that is always going to be helpful in, in the layering effect. Is there a way you can get their Facebook social media profile IDs from address? With that, I think there is a way with Facebook that you can upload addresses. Uh, well, oh, you know what? I've them. done that before. Yeah. Yes, you can. Yep. And I've done that before and it worked well. I was shocked. I had a uh, list of high equity mm-hmm. owner occupants and I had name, phone number, and address. And I think yep. even the year they were born. And I took those four or five columns of data and I created a custom audience in Facebook. And I was shocked. I had about an 85% match. So I didn't know what to do with after that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I could have, I guess, created a Facebook ad that targeted those people. Absolutely. Yep. Interesting. Absolutely. And other things that we do, I mean, I mean, for my own development company, I'll put out Facebook ads for people that live in a certain area. Right. And I'll put my I'll put my logo on it. I'll put an ad out specifically. Do you live in, you know, Andover, Massachusetts uh, and looking to sell something like that where there's a, you know, a heading that they can really see and and will reach out? Because I always put my logos on any mail piece or any type of mailing or uh, marketing that I do, because it's all about consistency and branding. And I want them to be able to see from different avenues and remember that they're getting hit from all different directions. So you think it's important to have branding throughout all I, this? I do, absolutely. Because it's much easier for somebody to remember a logo or an image rather than somebody's name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's talk about lists. What are some yep. of your favorite lists to mail to right now? Um, some of my favorite lists that I, um, mail to are underdeveloped properties. Explain what, explain what that is. Sure. So let, let's say in Boston where I'm doing condo conversions, multifamily condo conversions, I specifically look for people that either own a single family or maybe even a two family, but the lot is zoned for three plus units. 
So now I'm able to, you know, purchase a single family, take it through zoning and get it approved for three or more units. That gives me the ability to kind of overstep, I guess, my competition, pay a little bit more for their single family uh, because I know that I can add a lot of value to that property by taking it through zoning. Interesting. Okay. That's one of them. Another list, which is probably my best list, or I should say it is my best list, is what I call a super lead list. And I've heard it mentioned by other people, maybe um, um, forgetting what they call it. But essentially what it is, is I have a program that will, if I have a bunch of different lists, so absentee, tax, tax liens, driving for dollars, all of that, I can put all those lists together run it through my program, my program will identify the duplicate properties that are over multiple lead types and output only unique properties. And beside each unique property, it will tell me what list it, it was on. So my super leads are the list leads that are on two or more lists. So okay. now I have a list of people that are on two or more lists, so their motivation level is higher because they're on multiple lists. So for instance, if somebody has a, is on a driving for dollars, a tax liens and an absentee list, I know to target that person or to do a little bit extra marketing to them because they're probably a much harder lead than somebody that might be just an equity owner. Yeah. Okay. What other, what other lists do you like? Uh, driving for dollars. I always love. That's a great way to get really good lists. It takes a lot of time, which is why not a ton of people do it, but I specifically do it for every single area that I invest in. And uh, that list does really well for me. Tax liens is another great one. Not a lot of people, depending on your state, they might be easy, but they might be difficult to get. Uh, Massachusetts, it's not on a website anywhere. So you specifically have to go and ask for those tax liens. And when I mean go, you can send an email, but you just have to do it the appropriate way to get those tax liens. But not many people know the correct method to do that. So anytime a list is more difficult to get is, in my view, a much better list. And you're going to be more, the chances are you'll probably be more successful than an easy list to get that anybody can grab. Very good. Cool. Yep. All right. So what kind of advice, Justin, would you give to somebody wanting to get into doing some more direct mail? And what would you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who is maybe discouraged with the direct mail results that they've seen in the past? Sure. I would say that direct mail is not about kind of a one-time thing. Do it once, twice, and you're done. If you're looking to get into direct mail, look at it as a long-term approach. And when people talk to me, I always say, if you're doing direct mail, make sure you budget for at least six months. If you don't budget for six months and you think you're only going to send one or two and get a deal, yeah, you might be lucky, but I would rather set you up for success and say, look at a longer term approach because direct mail and marketing in general, it takes time to build momentum. But once you have that momentum and more people are seeing your mail consistently, that's when you're going to start to see really great results. And uh, consistency is what it's all about for direct mail. So that is the big tip that I would give people is if you're going to do one or two, just hold off in direct mail now until you really can fully commit to at least six months or so. Because for anybody, I want them to be really successful. And I know that's what it will will take is just the more long-term approach. 
yeah. for people that have had a little bit more difficulty with response rates and all that, if they're just starting out, I would say just keep working the direct mail, be consistent because consistency absolutely 100% pays off. I've seen it and all my customers have seen it that are very consistent with their direct mail. Also layering on with direct mail and doing other approaches is also a very, very effective method. And we're working on some really, really exciting stuff in open letter marketing where we're layering in some other forms of digital marketing that we might be offering in the future, which is taking people's response rates and pretty much four or five Xing their response rate, which is absolutely incredible. Well, do tell. What's what what are you doing? <laughs> I don't want to push it out just yet, but uh probably in the next couple months we should be lined up with kind of everything in the process for that. Joe, you'll be the first to know. I'll I'll let you know about that. But we're trying to keep it under wraps right now. But it's we've been doing a lot of testing with other people around the country and the responses are just unbelievable. Well, Okay. <laughs> I'm really curious now. You got me, you got my mind spinning. Okay. We'll talk about that offline. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, Justin, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. Openlettermarketing.com. Openlettermarketing.com. Guys, I only try to get people on this show that I like and know. And uh, Justin's one of them. We've used his direct mail. I know it works. Uh, you know, one thing I want to add to what we were just talking about. Again, if you're not going to do follow-up with these guys, you probably shouldn't even do any direct mail or yes. any other kind of marketing. Like when I say follow-up, I mean sending them more letters, not just thinking, okay, I'm going to send this one batch of mail and see if it works. And if it doesn't, oh, well. No, but you got to be committed to the long haul that you're going to send them multiple pieces of mail. But not only that, the leads that you do get, the calls that you do get, even if it's a no, I'm not interested, you've got to commit to follow-up with them in the future. Once a month, once every couple months, maybe every week. Just depends, you know, on the situation. It depends on the list. But you've got to follow up. You're wasting your money if you don't follow up with your old leads. So just I want to keep that in mind. I love that, Joe. That's that's so important. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Openlettermarketing.com. Openlettermarketing.com. And there's a contact us button there. And there's a phone number there as well if you want to give Justin's company a call and talk to them. Cool. I'm excited. And, and Joe, one other thing, um, yeah. if I could, I, I've been listening to you for a long time and I, I would love to give your, your listeners, uh, um, you know, 10% off their order if they're interested oh. in any direct mail specifically. I think that's for a great your, idea. Your listeners. Good. So good. if they, if they place an order, the coupon code that I have is, to get 10% off their first order is just your name, Joe McCall. So they just plug that right into the um, the coupon code area, and they'll get ten percent off their order. Nice, and that is um, Joe McCall, no spaces. Correct. Yes. Nice. Very good. I mean, if you're if you're going to be ordering three thousand dollars worth of postcards, that's a significant three hundred dollars savings. Absolutely. Nice. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. This has been great. I appreciate you and everything that you do with these podcasts. Good. Guys, don't forget, if you want to get the replay of this, if you want to get the show notes, if you want to get the coupon code that we just gave you, and if you forget what it was, you can get it all at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. And just do a search for Justin. You'll find his podcast there in the search bar. There's a little search button. You can click and search there. 
and uh, we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thanks again, Justin. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.